Good morning, gentlemen. We continue uh, here on this beautiful, lovely, sunny Tuesday morning. Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning, the day after Tuesday. How about that? So uh, it's lovely getting back together over here. We continue with Or Yisrael. And um, we are in Mikhtav Yudalib. We're at the second paragraph over here. And this is Yisrael giving us his Elul insights and analysis. Elul is a time of the year that's supposed to push us, motivate us into action. And we saw from the two groups of Yidin out there, uh, it's, as Rabbi Saul said, his own Lashon was v'nahapachu. The people we would think should get more affected by Elul are less affected by Elul. The people that don't need to be as affected by Elul are the ones that are more affected by Elul. You have, let's say, the tzaddik of the people that have been well behaved all year round, and the people that have been slumbering, the people that have been schluffing, the people that have been that have been uh, goofing off. The people that are the goofballs, they don't really get affected so much by Elul. Elul is not doing much for them. And they're the ones that are really in trouble. They're the ones, as we said yesterday, that are cruising down the highway, going 30 miles over the speed limit um, with uh, an expired registration, registration without the license. They're the ones that have to get nervous when they see those, uh, you know, the police, police uh, car. They're flashing in, in the uh, rear view mirror. And yet... On the highway, that might, might work, but when it comes to Elul, it doesn't work. So we have to figure out why now. So that's what we're up to right now, is the why. Why is this the case? So we're up to the second paragraph over here. And Rabbi Yisrael says like this. Sibas hischalfus halozeh. The explanation to this mystery, behind the scenes, the reason why we find two opposite reactions and counterintuitive reactions, why the people that should be more scared, that are in more danger, are in mortal peril, are the ones that like really get unaffected by Elul. And again, if we think about it, we really resonate with the Subhisral. We, we understand what he's saying. And it makes sense to us what he's saying, even though when we followed along, we played that thought exercise that he proposed in the beginning of the Mikhtav, you know, when he asked us, who, who would we think should get more affected? We all went for the bait. We said, hook, line, line, and sinker. Of course, we said, people that are in more trouble are going to get more affected by Elul. But if you think about it, he's really talking to us. And we feel that. We really do feel that. Every Everyone, you know, kind of feels that I, I would love Elo to affect me more. I would love Elo to shake me up more, to wake me up more. We do kind of feel that to the degree that we didn't have such a great year, to the degree that we had a year of goofing off, a lousy year, to that degree, it is more difficult to connect with Elo, for Elo to affect us, to get into the Elo frame of mind, into the Rosh Hashanah frame of mind. So Rabbi Saul is right on the money over here. Right on the mark. And what is Taka the Pshat? So it says Rabbi Saul. The reason why you find this pathological reaction over here, this pathological um, situation where the people that should be more affected are less affected, is coming from two different factors and of coming from a factor of Gashmis and a factor of Ruchnius. What does it mean Gashmis and Ruchnius? It doesn't mean how these terms are conventionally translated like physicality and spirituality, Gashis and Ruchnis, he's, he's gonna, we're gonna see, means matters that are, that are natural, natural and supernatural. That's really what he means here with Gashmis and Ruchnis. Two different factors at work over here as to why there's this pathological situation, this pathological reaction over here. Counterintuitive. There's something at work within the realm of our understanding and above the realm of our understanding. Explains Rabbi Sol. Koytev Sibas Hagashmias, the um, center, the 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 Koytev is like the axis, the center point around which 
it revolves the the factors that are work that are within the realm of teva, within the realm of nature, that are doling elul for us. Who may a hergul hashaylet al kol heim letoy bechulei v'chayotze? Here he writes very cryptically, very terse. He himself he says v'chulei, etc. We have to fi- figure out what the v'chulei is, what he what he's referring to. But he kind of condenses an idea over here. He says the fact that's at work that dulls us from being affected by elul is one word, is hergul. Hergul means routine. Routine. Doing things by rote and according to routine. Hashoilet alkol. Routine that has power over everything. Routine that affects everything. And he goes on to say, hein letoiv, whether that's for good things, then he says etc. Presumably by etc. he means whether that's for bad things, and all other matters of life. So what's good things, what's bad things, what's all other matters, and what is Hergel? So, Hergel, again, that is the best translation of Hergel. Hergel means to be established in a routine, to be living life by rote, living life according to habits. And Rabbi Yisrael has, an, has a phenomenal insight over here. And we saw this also way back when, when we were learning Evan Shlema from the Vilna Gain. I don't remember when we were doing Evan Shlema, that was a while ago. Evan Shlema. We were doing that uh, last year? Evan Shlema, which we were doing before Derech Hashem. Gain also in Evan Shlema talks about the power of Hergel, the power of routine. And he also taps into what Rabbi Saul is saying over here, that routine can go both ways, can be harnessed for good things and for bad things. But the bottom line is, it's a, it's a, um, very powerful part of how <clears throat> we function, or maybe how we really don't function. How we're not really functioning. Routine is a capacity that people have where I can slip into the a, a same a pattern of life, a pattern of living, a pattern of how I run my daily affairs that I can repeat ad infinitum again and again and again and again and again. And that hergel, in of itself, doesn't have to be um, sinister. In of itself doesn't have to be something that is, um, um, you know, going to necessarily lead me astray. I can use hergel for mitzvahs also, but Hergel in of itself is not such a um, constructive constructive part of my functionality. And it, to the degree that someone who lives based on Hergel, based on habit, is not really functioning so much. W- what does that mean? I can use routine to get me to Shul. I can use routine to get me to, to, to Seder, to learn with my Chavruso. I can use routine to spend... Ten minutes every morning with my wife to spend spend a half hour in the evening chatting with my spouse over supper. Again, ten minutes in the morning over breakfast, and that's important. Important, you know. Wife has to see you at some point during the month. She got to see you at some point. Got to talk with her once in a while. That's an important thing. Yes, okay. Bushy, you're getting Sean Bice advice over here. If you're married, Mitzvah when you will be married, it's important. Your wife has to see you once in a while, right? Just to hear your voice once in a while. You have to hear her voice once in a while. But you can use, use routine for everything. And we do use routine for everything. 
and, and it can even be used for mitzvahs. Certainly routine can also be used for Averis. A person can slip into a routine of doing Averis just as easily as he can slip into a routine of doing mitzvahs. And again, it will repeat ad infinitum that without realizing it, he can be in a routine where he's always doing the same Averis. Um, he can be in a routine where he's always doing the same mitzvahs. The routine is a double-edged sword. Routine, again, can get me to go to shul, get me to go to davening. Routine can get me to chas v'shalom, be always leaving davening early, be always coming to davening late, be always saying Lashon Hara, be always um, doing funny business practices. I can just accustom myself, habituate myself to always, uh, you know, cutting the same corners, and I just when I did it once or twice, now I got used to doing it. Routine, again, you know, a person have shady business practices that are established through routine. And the double-edged sword is, uh, it can get me to do good things or bad things. But even when it's getting me to do good things, I, I'm, I'm barely present over there. I'm barely functioning. I've allowed the rhythm and the patterns of routine to take over my life. And I'm somewhere else. Where am I? I don't know, I'm hibernating. I'm really hibernating. But I have a capacity to allow a certain rhythm to be established of, uh, you know, wake up a certain time, wash your hands, negelvasser, get dressed, talus, tefillin, shachris, dafyoimi, work, lunch, call your wife up, seven minutes on the phone with your wife, you go through the same, there's a routine over there in the conversation too. What? The cigar? Yeah, while you're on the phone with your wife, right? (laughs) How was your day? Very nice, great. How was your day? Great. What happened today? Great. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Okay. Oh, that must have been so hard. That must have been so difficult. Okay, I'll see you later. Right? That's the seven-minute phone call routine conversation. And then, lunch, supper, and you go to sleep, and, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All life is a routine. Exactly. Now, when all life is routine, how present are we in life? How engaged are we? We're, we're, we're barely there. Where are we? I don't know. We're, we're thinking about things. We're, 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 we're elsewhere. We're daydreaming. Or we're just hibernating. We're hibernating, but we've allowed Hergel to take over our life. And Rabbi Israel has a, has a fascinating insight over here that when Hergel, when routine takes over my life, I'm barely present. I'm not behind the driver's... I'm not behind the steering wheel. I'm not in the driver's seat. And if I'm not present in my own life, if I'm not engaged, if I'm not there in the driver's seat, if the car is on cruise control, then... I'm not going to see. I can be driving past all these signs that say, warning, alligators ahead. As we said, Elo's the great and mighty alligator. Yes? You can have one of these big signs on the highway. You know, alligators approaching in 30 feet, 20 feet, 10 feet. The alligator pit is right ahead of you. Slam on those brakes. But I don't see the signs because I'm not in the driver's seat. But the people all the way in the back of the van, they don't see the nice signs, you know, now entering Indiana, now entering Illinois, right? You have to... Yeah, you get, you get the, if you're up in the front seat, you have the, the windshield view of everything. I see everything up there. If you're in the back seat, you don't see any of the signs. You don't see what's right in front of you on the highway. That's what Hergel is. That's what routine is. This is Rabbi Saul's first insight over here. And it is a very exciting insight. When, when, um, when, um, a person lives based on the rhythms and patterns of routine, it's very soothing, but saporific. Soothing and saporific, there's no engagement with life and there's no awareness and alertness of what's right in front of my very nose. Certainly, saporific means it gets us to go to sleep. Sleep-inducing. Sleep-inducing. That's a big word. Yeah, it's a big word. Um, 
uh, it, it, it induces us to go to sleep. It's this nice anesthesia, which just, you know, the, the, the happy laughing gas, right? And just makes us very happy and soothed. And, and, uh, um, I have a daughter who just needs some cavities filled. They told me the dentist office is going to give her laughing gas. And they stopped that in the 50s. Did they not do that anymore? No. They started again? They were going to give her the nitrous oxide. They give her laughing gas. I thought that was like they stopped. I remember Arthur, when I was a kid, you know, they did that. But like in the 60s already, the 50s, 60s, they stopped it. So I thought it started again. Good for you. We didn't have anesthesia in the old country. Yeah, it's a battle, a battle of vodka. Right? No, yeah. Here's your battle of Vatko. Okay, anyway, that's the getting back over here. So it's soporific. Soothing and soporific is the laughing gas of life. And that's why Elul doesn't affect us, because we don't see Elul. We hear, we hear the shoifer, we everyone's talking about Elul, but I'm somewhere else, I'm hibernating, because I'm living life based on routine. And again, that can be Latoyver or, or Lamutov, even if I'm ostensibly doing mitzvahs and on the surface, then what I need to do, but I could be just a slave to routine. That's, and certainly the people that are within a pattern of doing Averis, they're certainly enslaved by routine, they've gotten used to doing Averis, they are not engaged with life. That is the factor on a level of Gashmias, on a level of what we call, um, uh, within, what's within the realm of our understanding. That's what, that's what, that's what, that's what, um, dulls us from El affecting us. Says Rabbi Solsi, but Haruchnias, Pshutahi. The supernatural cause that dulls the senses and, and makes us not be alerted by Elul, the people who've been goofing off, is a very simple reason, simple idea. He says something, he calls it pshuta, he calls it something simple, but it, it, it's something that um, is an eye-opener. Let's see, what is that? When a person all year round was goofing off, all year round was doing Averis, he schleps upon himself a ruach hatoma, a an impure spirit. He's possessed. He's possessed. When a person does have ears, he is he is possessed. Um, there's a possession going on. A ruach toma, an evil spirit. Hamaaker. Now, Rabbi So is a very litvish individual. wasn't known for like getting involved in spookiness. And in Ruchais, and in, you know, uh, that's not where he, he was a very practical person, very practical, very down to earth. The Muslims are all, all about practicalities. So what is Rabbi Saul doing, getting involved with the Ruach Atoma, foul spirits, the demons? Says Rabbi Saul, that messes, clouds my, my spirits, and confuses my seichel, my clarity. Kemaimer Chazal, as Chazal have said, Ein Adam Oivra Avera El Imkei Nichnas Abay Ruach Shtos, famous Gemara. A person only does an Avera if he has been possessed by a Ruach Shtos, by an evil spirit. Hainu Neged Darkei Seichel. What does that evil spirit mean? So here, Rabbi Soltaka gives a very practical, very litvish take on the evil spirit that Chazal referred to in the Sechah Soita that, that gets us to do Averis. That evil spirit means something that just clouds my thought process. I don't have clarity. I, I can't think straight. That's what a ruach toma does. Now let's stop for a moment. Um, that's the end of this paragraph. Let, let's let's appreciate the second idea that Rabbi Sol shared with us. He's saying like this, and this is the the, the chiddush that Rabbi Sol is presenting to us, which he calls pshuta. But for us, it's worthwhile for us to just slow it down and appreciate what he said. 
Chazal tell us that Averas go hand in hand with with um, a Ruach Shtos, with an evil spirit. Rabbi Shol says that evil spirit means a pollution, a clouding of my mental clarity and acuity. It gets me, it messes with my thinking. It messes with my thinking. We're talking about a Ruach Shtos, we're talking about an evil spirit that gets me to do Averas, entices me to do Averas, and entices me to do Averas that are enticing. Now here we have the following discovery. We all know that that there are Averis that are enticing, that are attracting, and, and and try to sway us and try to convince us to pursue those pursuits, and those are Averis, and that's what we call typhus. Typhus means indulgences. Typhus means vices and pleasures that take me away from the Rebbein Shalai. Now, we're used to thinking that the Avera is the Taiva and the Taiva is the Avera. That's how we think about it, right? If I pursue an indulgence, if I pursue the pursuit of happiness, that's the Avera. The Avera is letting myself be enticed by that enticement. That itself is the Avera. Giving into a Taiva. Rabbi Sol showing us is it's not so simple. There's actually two parts to this. There's, it's a little more complex than that. And there's two pieces to the puzzle. The taiva is the taiva. And that's something that is enticing, is attracting, and tries to pull me to do this indulgence and, 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 and this pursuit and this act of, of uh, pleasure-seeking. However, the taiva itself is not something that, that on its own, on its own, clouds our thought process. A type is something we understand. We understand the type. We understand why food attracts us. Because food talks to the gut. Food talks to the survival instinct. Food talks to, you know, the part of us that likes to eat. All typhus, we understand why a taiva is attracting. Why a taiva is, why something is ta'ava hula inayim, why we're misava for a taiva. We understand that. It makes sense. The avera component is when the forbidden aspect of it has a pull over us which clouds our thinking and gets us to make bad decisions, bad judgment calls. Meaning the taiva without the avera wouldn't necessarily cloud and pollute our thinking. We would have the wherewithal to be able to say, I enjoy food, I enjoy eating, I enjoy sleeping, but right now this doesn't make any sense for me. Right now, this overeating doesn't make sense. Oversleeping doesn't make sense for me. The Avera is not just don't have tithes. It's not just don't go beyond what, what makes sense for you. The Avera is an entity in of itself. When something becomes forbidden, once Hashem says, don't overdo it over here, don't pursue this, this taiva, this indulgence is bad for you, the Avera, once something becomes forbidden, an Avera is an entity in of itself which now provides a counterbalance and a foil and a foe for the clarity which tells me not to go that way. The clarity which tells me, this doesn't make any sense for you. And this doesn't, this is not a good idea. And you shouldn't pursue this. Once something becomes an Avera, an Avera is a system of Toma, a system that's foul and polluted, and an entity in of itself that is able to get me to do things that don't make any sense for me. 
That's what the Avera does. That's above the Seichel. So the Taiva is not really above the Seichel. The Taiva is within Seichel. We understand Taiva, and if we were only working with Seichel, with pure intellect, we'd be able to make that judgment call, now this makes sense for me, but now this doesn't make any sense for me. Now I'm not going to do this. In Avera is this system of Toma, the Sitra Achra, we call it, the Merkava, the Toma, it's called, it's called by so many names, the Yetzirah, the Satan. It's all the same thing, but it's an entity. It's a, a Chifta. It's, it's a barrier of Atzma. It's something that's been created to be a, again, a counterbalance to Mitzvahs, a counterbalance to Tahara, to Kedusha. And it's, it's a system of filth, of contamination. And it's a system that messes around with my Seichel. The system that once it's out there, it's able to sway me and convince me to follow Taiva even when that doesn't make any sense, really. Even when it's bad for me. Even when it's, 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 it's bad for me health-wise, bad for me spiritually-wise, bad for my neshama, bad for my soul, bad for my body. The power of the Avera is to be above the Seichel, is to mess around with my Seichel, to cloud and confuse me. So Bishol is saying the following. The Avera works with the Taiva, harnesses the Taiva, and is one step above the Taiva in that it allows my clarity to be to be confounded and confused and gets me to, to lose that clarity and convince me to do things that are really not in my best interest. And being that, that's what Navera does naturally, and that's why people routinely make all kinds of bad decisions and pursue pursuits which are really dumb, don't make any sense for them. Spiritually, physically, they're harmful. But that's what the Avair does. It clads my thinking. So someone, therefore, this guy, who really is in the greatest danger of that alligator farm that's right ahead of him on the highway, the one who's been goofing off all year round, the one who's been doing Averis for the last 11 months, he's going to be less affected by Elo. Why? The second reason is, being that he has been in, involved in Averis for 11 months, ever since Yom Kippur was over, his thought process, his thinking, his mental clarity and acuity has been very poisoned and polluted and confused and confounded by the Yetzirah. He, he, he can't process this information that is Elul, that information that he may even see the sign ahead of him on the highway. Elul approaching, the Yom Adin is, 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 is coming. Judgment day is nigh. He sees the signs, but he can't process those signs. He can't make sense of those signs because his thought process, his seichel, his thinking has been too confounded and polluted by the Yetzirah. That's the Yetzirah. Averis are above the Seichel, mess around with the Seichel, I can't think straight anymore, I can't make good decisions anymore, and I can see the sign right in front of my very nose, but I'm not alerted to that sign, I won't be able to make use of that sign. Turn away, turn back, don't proceed, don't go forward, but if I can't think straight anymore, because that's what Averis have done to me, I will see all the signs and ignore them. I will ignore them, because that's what the Averis have done to me. You can see this is, this is you know, this is like addictive type behavior. Addictive type behavior is someone will see the warning sign. Stop, turn back. All of his friends, his family tell him, stop this already. Stop it, stop it. And you see, you're destroying your life. You're destroying the families, uh, uh, your family. You're destroying the, the, those who, who, whom you love so much. Turn around, cut it out. The guy can't stop because, again, that's the power of an Avera is it, 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 it um, shuts down the rational thought process, the ability for me to, 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 to analyze information, process information, and make use of information. And that's why, again, the second reason why this fellow who's been goofing off all year will actually be affected much less from that knowledge that Elul is around, that Elul is approaching. He'll see the signs on the highway and they won't do anything to him. Very good. Okay, we'll stop over here.
the end of the second paragraph. Here's Hashem, we will continue tomorrow.